Ohio. Ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Sean Rima, 9 till 11. News Talk 550, KTSA, and FM 1071. Wow, hi, happy Tuesday, seven minutes after nine on News Talk 550, KTSA, FM 1071. I'm Sean, this is my dumb little show, and the phone lines are open. 210-599-5555, Ooh, the supporters of Ken Paxton were wearing MAGA hats. Ooh. Ooh, we just heard that on the ABC News. They were wearing mega hats. Ken Paxton. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I. Wow. I. I didn't follow. I. I did my usual uh, this week, and that when I got off the air on Friday at eleven oh one, I disconnected from the news. Especially on a Memorial Day weekend, I had other things on my mind, and I wanted to be free of it. <laughs> So I, my wife, of course, you know, never, I almost said obsessively in regards to my wife, which is always kind of a bozo no-no, but she follows the news. She gets notifications from several different sources. So even though I may be disconnected, my wife kind of keeps me up to date on what's going on as we move through the weekend. And the Ken Paxton thing, he's, uh, he's, he's been pulled out of uh, his office basically uh, on impeachment charges of, I believe, obstruction of justice, abuse of power. There's some allegations that he had a, a big money donor that he helped out or, or you know, I, I don't know, assisted in some way, shape, or form. And there's weird crap about an affair, and he hired uh, the person he was having an affair with or... Somebody redid somebody's house. I, I've read the allegations over and over and over again. And it, one thing I'll tell you about the Ken Pax, Paxton thing that I noticed, that if you go through the stories, all the just do a Google search on Ken Paxton, all the impeachment crap comes up. And I it, almost to a story, and I went through a whole bunch of them, the, you, you read about how Republicans voted for this, except for, what, five, I think, half a dozen, whatever. Uh, and you read about that, and and you also read about the allegations. The allegations are in every story I read. What is missing from every story I read to a story is what the alleged evidence is. Why are they do? Why do they think this happened? What is what what is what is the evidence uh, that they are moving forward on? They, if they impeached him, they got to have evidence. Well, not so much these days. Uh, you can impeach people you just don't like for nothing. We saw this with Donald Trump uh, throughout his entire time in office. For all we know, they're still trying to freaking impeach him. He's not even the president anymore. The Ken Paxton thing has that all over it. Again. The allegations are there. And actually, the allegations, when you read the articles about Ken Paxton from the elite media, the establishment media, you, the, the allegations themselves are usually kind of buried inside the story somewhere. you got to look for them. You hear about the MAGA hats. You hear about the Republicans that voted for this. 
but the allegations you got to dig a little for, and the evidence just ain't there, man. I'm not saying he's guilty or innocent. I'm just saying that in today's world, in this moment we're living in, where very obviously people are targeted for their politics, Donald Trump is the top of that pyramid. They've been going after him since he started started showing numbers on the on the on the uh, primary trail. They haven't relented on that guy. Uh, they've targeted other folks uh, who they didn't like. Uh, Mike Lindell, my pillow guy, uh, for raising questions about voting machines. Uh, hell, one could say Tucker Carlson is uh, collateral damage in this effort to silence people who are unpleasant or annoying or a little too uh, beholden to the truth of things, right? Or what this country is supposed to be about or what the role of government is supposed to be or however it was defined with our founding documents. Doesn't matter. If you're a pain in the ass, we're going to get rid of you. And arguably, Ken Paxton has been a pain in in the federal government's ass since he became attorney general. And uh, even more so after they opened up the border, you know, he's filed a a bunch of lawsuits against the federal government and and the Biden administration. He's a pain in the ass. He's trouble. He's, he's, you know, got to get rid of that guy. I don't know. That's just my feeling of it. My feeling is, okay, if they knew about this stuff that they're alleging, uh, this should have happened. It seemed like this would have happened sooner. Again, you you don't really see a lot of talk or hear a lot of talk about the evidence. It's just the allegations. We learned this from Donald Trump and his ongoing war uh, with his own government. That the getting the allegations out there are all that matters, baby. It doesn't matter what the truth of it is. It doesn't matter uh, how things ultimately shake out in a court of law and whether somebody is proven uh, beyond a reasonable doubt to be actually guilty of something or not the allegations and the headlines are all that matters all that anybody in this media care about is what paxton's been impeached that's all that matters uh toss in a few nuggets about extramarital affairs and helping out buddies who give them a lot of money again i'm not saying it's true or it's not true i don't know frankly i don't give a crap to be honest with you all I'm saying is I, I recognize uh, a familiar game plan at this point is is what I'm saying. Okay. You, you talk about this debt ceiling crap and what that means uh, and what that's all about. Well, again, it's politicians being mere politicians. And one of the things they made sure to preserve, at least for the moment, would be uh, around $80 billion uh, for the IRS for what? For enforcement. Why? Why do they need that? Well, because they're busy little boogers, uh, you know, targeting political opponents. So I, I is he guilty? I don't know. <laughs> you know, I, I don't I don't think that's the I don't think whether or not he's guilty is the point. He's a pain in the ass. So he's got to go. Uh, two one zero. So, if you have any thoughts on that, you know, I just, I just think it's funny how you know in in their sanctimony, ABC News, you know, and their hypocrisy. Uh, moreover, you know, they got to make sure that it's a big part of that story that they, the people supporting Paxton, were wearing MAGA hats. 
Isn't that, like, I guess from that perspective, instantly a black mark, right? Instantly means you're a domestic terrorist. The whole obsession with the MAGA hat thing is funny to me because we we forget what it stands for, right? Make America great again. It's what a horrible, it's such a horrible thought, isn't it? So uh, politics as usual in the United States of America. So if you have any thoughts on on the Ken Paxton dealio, give us a call. 210-599-5555. When we come back, uh, a couple of notes about my weekend. And also, James and I are just going to, and Don Morgan, I don't know if you've seen this, but I'm going to talk about this when I get back. But we, my wife actually, it's another one of those things my wife was talking about over the weekend. With the with my daughter and and with our daughters, our my daughter, our daughters, and talking about the and I kind of heard it on the periphery and I didn't really pick up on it, you know, because actually in my life I suck at listening to people, so I wasn't really sure what they were talking about. And then James came in here and said, "Have you seen this? Is this real?" And I looked it up, and apparently it is. And it has to do with Cheetos. We'll talk about the uh, socioeconomic uh, ramifications of uh, flaming Hot Cheetos and how flaming Hot Cheetos impact certain ethnic communities when we come back. 2105. They affect my lower colon. Hey, this is Scott Robbins, and you're listening to News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. Stay connected. And we're back. News Talk 550 KTSA FM 1071. Pretty chill weekend. Went to a missions game Saturday night, which is cool. Got my picture taken with the puffy taco. It's always a, a cool cool day when that happens. So, you know, what are you laughing at, Don? I think I said something dirty. I didn't say anything dirty. It's a puffy taco, okay? He's there at the game. You get your picture taken with the puffy taco. For free, by that, might I add. You Isn't don't have to pay Henry for it. or something like that? What's that? Isn't it Henry? Henry the Puppy Taco? I don't know what his first name is. Well, Henry's the restaurant. Henry's Puffy Oh, that's, that's down the street from where I live, the yeah. Puffy Taco place. But this is right. the Puffy Taco. Right. And then Balapeno. He doesn't get much Balapeno, He was there. We got to talk to him and got our picture taken with him as well. So it was a cool night. But one of the things, you know, that came up, and that, because Mr. Trevino just stuck his head in here and was talk, asking me if I knew anything about this. But this, this movie that's coming out uh, June 9th, directed by Eva Longoria, called Flamin' Hot. I thought it was a spoof when I saw the trailer. I didn't hear the audio. I thought it was a joke. I thought it was a gay movie. I, I, I thought, I mean, I thought I is this thought, some kind of gay trip? Is it another LGBTQ plus semicolon? I, Based on the title, I figured it'd be a movie about her. About her. <laughs> She's flaming hot. She, yes, she is. Yes, she is. Am I on the radio? You are. Um, but it's actually, I didn't know this. I guess, my wife was talking about that. I guess it's about flaming hot Cheetos. And the story is that a, a Mexican guy who's a janitor at Frito-Lay came up with flaming hot Cheetos, which has arguably become an ex- extremely popular Snack food. My my white my that my family unit loves these damn things. Regionally, it outsells regular Cheetos down here easily. Well, and they grind them up and do stuff with them. Like you know, you'll I know there's drinks mm-hmm. you can get with flaming hot Cheeto powder around the rim. Man, boy, this just gets weirder and weirder, doesn't it? Flaming hot Cheeto p- powder the, around the rim. Rim of the um, glass. Rim, rim of the, the glass. glass. What I'm saying is. <laughs> See, Don, there you go again, thinking we're being dirty. What is wrong with you? So, anyway, 
I'm looking at this. And I guess Frito-Lay is saying this is not how it happened. But people are saying, and Eva Longoria directed it, people are saying that, and James, you were talking about from the Variety article, that it's like Rocky. That's what one of the critics People get through, right? They're like, they're all feeling good about themselves and going to fly now. <laughs> he did. He says, Rocky-like crowd pleasure that leaves audiences feeling more confident about themselves. Rocky, it, it, it really does sound gay. I'm so sorry. A Rocky-like confidence. They feel better about themselves. But it's about the snack food, mm-hmm. which I myself detest. I, I, You're I'm, not a fan. I don't like Cheetos in general. Cheetos mm-hmm. taste like styrofoam. Cheetos taste like styrofoam that has been rolled in some funky cheese powder. Pero este styrofoam con pica. That's what I, that's <laughs> that's, what I was going to say. That's what I was thinking, too. I was right, thinking wow. the exact same thing you just said, man. James, once again, you have crystallized our thoughts eloquently. It's amazing. Thank it's you like very you're much. psychic, man. You can yeah. just read our thoughts. It's, what did it's you just scary. say? It's getting weird. Pero este styrofoam con pica. What does that mean? It's styrofoam okay. with spice. It is. <laughs> I've done it better than the way you said it before. <laughs> yeah, it's styrofoam and spice. I'm just saying I think Flamin' Hot Cheetos suck, but I know that they're extremely popular, and they're very popular with my family unit. Mm-hmm. Feels kind of racist, though, doesn't it? That, well, <laughs> Mexicans really love the Flamin' Hot Cheetos because they love hot stuff because all Mexicans like hot stuff. I, I don't know. But you could yeah. The fact is, they do. Well, you know, we had a reporter here a few years back, and on her birthday, I bought her a case of them. Of like the, oh, and hot Cheetos. Of like the, the size you get out of the vending machine. Friends for life. Here's what I'm going to do. If I ever really get to missing the morphine, all i got to do <laughs> is eat a bag of Flamin' Hot Cheetos, and baby, I'm right back in the hospital, man. That's probably true. That yeah. stuff tears me up. As a public service announcement, I'd like to remind the folks not to ever use Flamin' Cheetos as suppositories. Anyway... <laughs> But you can you can use it for corn in a cup. No, no, yes you no, can. James, you can no. crunch it up and put it Don't in the corner. Don't you ever say that again? Cup. How dare you? You can fry chicken in that. Stuff. No, come on. Okay, I realize that I'm a white man, and that I have a white man's stomach. Oofta, oofta. Okay. But and, and I and I'm, I'm not being racist, but no flaming hot Cheetos. No, I don't know. I don't do that. that. That's I don't do. I, that's where I. I'm not saying I'm privileged, but there are moments where I embrace my whiteness mm-hmm. because you know I live in Brown Town, as my wife says. You know that's what she says. You, you live in Brown Town, mm-hmm. and and I can't do flaming hot Cheetos. I can do artichoke hearts, but I can't do flaming hot Cheetos. When this movie comes out. I think we're going to go honking like the Spurs won the championship. <laughs> <laughs> well, you should. I think it's great. I actually think the idea for the movie's great. I don't even give a crap if it's true or not. <laughs> it just sounds like a great idea. Well, apparently, the L.A. Times did a story refuting Mr. Uh, Richard. Was it Monta- Montanez or something? Montanez. Like Montanez. But Pepsi Company, the owner of Frito Lay, right. didn't say no. It didn't happen. They just sort of left the story out there that it wow. could be. So this is Eva. You know, putting out what really happened and from this man's... I'd like to see it. I'm going to watch it's it. It's dropping uh, June 9th, I believe. And it's uh, the first ever production uh, from, what is it, Hulu and one other one. Hulu uh, and Disney Plus. Hulu and Disney. They're both going to stream it at the same time, which is bad for the actors and the writers, which is why they're striking, right, because right. they don't get any residuals for streaming. Right. So now we have a conundrum. Well, and it's Disney too, so you got to shove a couple of trannies in there. <laughs> Hi, puppy. 
These are the people that said there's not uh, uh, Trey brought up this story. There's not enough kink in the new uh, Little Mermaid story. So you know, mm-hmm. if Disney's streaming it, I'm sure there's going to be at least one guy wearing ladies' underwear at some point in the movie. But it does look like an interesting flick. I'd kind of like to see it. Two one zero. But that doesn't mean I I like flaming hot Cheetos. They they cause me pain, physical distress. But you watch the movie because you appreciate the fact that it makes so many people in your house happy. It does. Says I. That's you know that's a, a monthly expenditure. Make sure we got enough money for flaming hot Cheetos. Right. Oh, let me tell you about the donuts I almost bought last night. Coming up, talk to me about debt ceilings. <laughs> Freaking 12 freaking donuts at Walmart cost you $16, man. What? And now the white man is upset. Yeah. The white man is. You, you know what you can do with your flaming Hot Cheetos? All right. You're going to get all Caucasian on up in here. Come oh, on. Oh, yeah, man. Krispy yeah. Kreme, 16 bucks for 12 My ass. Two one zero five nine nine. Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. It's Sean on Newstalk 550 KTSA. At your beck and call. The stunning developments. Stay tuned for updates. Just tell your smart device to play KTSA. And we're back. News Talk 550 KTSA FM 1071. I'm Sean. Hi. Phone lines are open 210-599-5555. Fatima Mousa or Mousa Mohammed is a new graduate of the City University of New York's Public Law School. Uh, She's originally from Yemen. She is Yemeni and uh, grew up largely uh, in New York City, in Queens. Uh, She was selected to give the commencement speech at SUNY Law Law School. Again, that's the acronym, City University of New York's Public Law School. So she gives uh, the commencement speech. It's gone viral, uh, and not because it's a fun time. Fatima uh, Muhammad, uh, who just graduated from an American institution of law, which means Fatima at some point will pass the bar and begin practicing law in New York City. And I'm just, I'm, I don't know, I'm just shooting fish in a barrel here, taking wild guesses, but... Do you think she'll charge for those services? Do you think she'll make some money as a lawyer in New York charging people to, you know, for her legal advice and to argue their argue their cases and take on their situations? She'll she'll charge for that, right? She's not gonna do it for free. Well, Fatima Mousa Mohammed, uh, during her commencement speech, uh says some things. Let me let me uh, just read some of this. I chose SUNY School of Law for its articulated mission as one of the few legal institutions to recognize that the law is a manifestation of white supremacy that continues to oppress and suppress people in this nation and around the world. Uh, Goes on. uh, Let's see. The revolution that lives so loudly despite not being televised. No longer are we going to capitulate to oppressors. No longer are we going to put our hope in their depraved consciousness. No one person will save the world. No single movement will liberate the masses. Those who brought the ferocity of the violence. Those who carry the revolution. The people. The masses. Those who brought the ferocity of the violence need our protection. They will carry this revolution. 
She says as a result of the murder of black men like Jordan Neely by a white man at the MTA, her words, has been dignified by politicians. Uh, She says we need to dismantle capitalism. Quote, the joy and excitement that fills the auditorium, may it be the fuel for the fight against capitalism, racism, imperialism, and Zionism around the world. Wow, if you can toss in Zionism, that's pretty cool, huh? means Israel sucks and Israel's got to go away. You know that, right? Or the anti-Zion movement. Systems of oppression created to feed an empire with a ravenous appetite for destruction and violence. Institutions are created to intimidate, bully, and censor and stifle the voices of those who resist. She wants Palestinian political prisoners and U.S. prisons to be released. This is her commencement speech. Uh, and, uh, she, in fact, uh, has been involved with a group of folks who, uh, seek the destruction of Israel. It's a Yemeni chick. Uh, hates capitalism. Uh, oh, by the way, uh, the, the, her, she, she supported, or is associated with uh, this group I just mentioned, the Holy Land Foundation. I didn't realize they're actually based here in Texas. And it is alleged that the Holy Land Foundation uh, funnels money to Hamas uh, via charitable donations going through other organizations and institutions to the tune of some $12 million. Hamas, which exists to eliminate Israel through violence. Oh, by the way, did I mention that when she started her comments, she wished peace uh, on the crowd? But she's not a very peaceful chick. And and also, she comes from Yemen. Uh, what do we know about Yemen? Well, it's a, it's a fundamentalist is, uh, Islamic nation. It, it, it politically, legislatively, legally exists under Sharia law. Uh, in Yemen, uh, which she proudly states to be you know, a native of Yemen, uh, if you are a woman such as uh, young Fatima, well, uh, you sure as hell can't go to college for anything. You can't own property. Uh, There is Sharia law, so if you look at the wrong guy walking down the street on your way to the Dollar Tree, they're probably going to either toss your ass off a building or bury you up to your neck and throw rocks at you until you're dead. But America is oppressive. America is oppressive. Capitalism is oppressive. And don't you just get so tired of this bullcrap and this hypocrisy? Then you know what, sweetheart? Go live in Yemen. Take your law degree from uh, a, a New York institution, and you travel your ass back to Yemen out of Queens and see how well your law practice does. I love it when people who are going to basically feed off the big bosom of American capitalism for the rest of their stinking lives and are going to make crap loads of money as an overpaid lawyer in New York can't shut their mouths about how evil capitalism is. Well, I'll tell you what, Fatima, then you do it for free. Why don't you show us what a stellar human being you are 
Why don't you take the vanguard or the or the uh, front lines rather uh, of, of this great revolution you believe needs to take place to lose people from the bonds of white supremacy and capitalism and you practice law for free, baby. How about that? Do it for free. Do it all pro bono. Don't charge a penny. And only hire women in your uh, in your little law practice there. And uh, and then maybe we'll all be a little impressed by you. She can go on Bernie's book tour and give away Bernie's books for free because it's about capitalism. how awful capitalism is. Right. I, I love people who hate capitalism, who, you know, continue to participate in it and actually end up benefiting from it quite well. It's, it's great, man. DiCaprio is another one who can't shut up about how evil capitalism is. You know where he spent Memorial Day weekend? On a freaking multi-million dollar yacht in Sardinia. <laughs> So, all right, Fatima, you don't dig capitalism. All right. Well, you don't charge then. You think that's going to happen? Do you think this chick is going to go out into the legal community of New York City and do it for free? I think not. I think thou artst full of bullcrapeth. That didn't make any sense, but you know what I mean. You know what I'm going for. 210-599-5555. Is that like Texas Shakespeare talk? I don't know. My kids uh, really. Crapper. My kid has been with me now for three days since since she got here, and she talks in Shakespeareese a lot because she's a she has a you know a, a focus on Shakespeare. So my kid just riffs in Shakespeare. So I've been kind of talking Shakespeareese here and there. Fatima, thy name is frailty. Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. Why the freaking donuts cost so damn much at Walmart? Coming up next on News Talk 550 KTSA. I think that they are smart. Knowledge. I learn things. They're entertaining, informative. Is power. We get some news. We get a lot of our news. That's where I get my news. News and information. Power up. That's where I get my news. On News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. And we're back. News Talk 550 KTSA, FM 1071. I'm Sean. Hi. I got some stuff online if you want to check it out on uh, KTSA.com. I've been doing some new videos here and there. And uh, that's available for you. We'll be talking about Operation Interdependence, obviously, over the next few weeks uh, up to July 4th. Uh, we collect stuff for our folks serving overseas, and we'll tell you more about that coming up. But I, I, I a little while ago I mentioned that you know my, my daughter and I went to Walmart last night and we're buying some stuff and i thought well hell i gotta work in the morning so i'll get some donuts so that you know the family unit has some donuts to nosh on while i'm talking my ass off at work you know and so i i I picked up a a box of crispy creams they were half glazed and uh and half chocolate because i love chocolate kid and i go to pay and I realized the freaking donuts are sixteen; they're fifteen dollars and sixty-eight cents. I am blanking you negative, and I, and I went on the air and said, I, "I so a dozen donuts." I've this happened last night, and I don't. I had a guy, a Walmart kid, come over and check it. I'm like, "Is is are these twelve donuts really fifteen dollars and sixty-eight cents?" She's like, "Yeah, they're Krispy Kremes." Like, well, I'm not buying, you know, and I put them back. I'm not. I could spend six bucks at the Circle K and get, you know, 12 donuts. Right. 
That's ridiculous. There's, you know, let's go Brandon. Thanks, Joe. Mm-hmm. But I'm talking about this on the air, and you can message us through the KTSA Facebook page. Right. And I get notifications, and people do that. And I bring up a, an email from a guy named Patrick. Donuts come in a baker's dozen. 13, not 12. And I'm like, okay. So? So <laughs> the 13th donut is what put it over the $15 mark? Right. I don't give a crap. I don't care, man. How's that make you feel? I don't care if it's 12 or 13 donuts. The damn things better be made out of freaking gold. 15 bucks, man. Yeah. Is it, so I'm just, have you seen, I mean, that's ridiculous. 12 donuts. Well, you went for the premium. Oh, I'm you sorry, went for the Patrick. premium. 13, 13 donuts. Baker's dozen, 13. I went for the what? The premium donuts. Premium? You could have just bought the donuts they have there from Walmart, but you went to this Krispy Kreme one. It was just, a, I, I, I never imagined that 13 donuts would be $15.68. I mean, that's yeah. crazy, man. Sure. And you got these people, our politicians, who are going off on trillions of dollars. And, oh, we're going to freeze it at 2023, pro, you know, spending limits. You know, nope. only five no, generations not. are still going to be in debt. You know what I mean? And, I mean, it, you, who, it, it's, it's when you get into the trillions, you know, it really doesn't matter. What's another trillion it, before it, you it, raise it's, friends? It's, right? you're, you're bankrupting the country, basically. And don't tell me that because of what they're doing that the price of 13 donuts is, <laughs> well, for cra- <laughs> Who is this guy? He's got to send that note. It's 13, Sean. He's got to be a liberal. He's got to be a liberal puke. He's probably a communist. He said Baker. You know, there are certain people, they always want to trip up the talk radio guy. You know what I mean? Right. He said 12, and there's 13, and the Baker's dozen. There's 13, Sean. You got it wrong. I guess you didn't do your show prep, you know. Mm. No, I'm just pissed off because these people want me to pay 15 bucks for 13, 12 donuts. I don't give a crap. If it was 20 donuts, it'd be too much. Yeah. The bottom line is you're cheap. I don't. You I, had I them. Cheap. You already. You already passed no, them. No, no, no. Avery's I, probably thinking, man, I can't wait to have a Krispy Kreme donut in the morning. I'm only unless and then I'm, Dad sends them back. Well, I'm only cheap when I'm spending on myself. I'm just saying. Well, no, I got that wrong. Reverse that. <laughs> I got crap arriving from Amazon all the time. So really, in a sense, I'm not cheap. It just comes to, when it comes to other people's needs. Yes, I'm a little cheap. Right. And no, fifteen bucks for a box of freaking donuts. Right. Is not going to happen. This is how the Chinese are taking over our country. <laughs> Through Krispy Kreme. Through Krispy Kremes. I'd like to know. I'd like to see their financial records. I'm just saying. We'll be back. Sean Rima, 9 till 11, News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. And we're back, News Talk 550 KTSA, FM 1071. I'm Sean, how are you? Hour number two on a Tuesday. It's no longer Monday. It's kind of cool. We got the skip by Monday. Six minutes after 10. The phone lines are open, 210-599-5555. I'm, man, I'm just, I'm gayed out. I'm so now we got Kohl's. I, I don't know if I've ever even been into a Kohl's. What do they sell? Like clothing and stuff? Like a clothing store? 
I don't think I've ever been inside a Kohl's. I, I just, I don't know. I don't know much about it, but anyway. Kohl's is now another uh, company that seeks its own destruction uh, by uh, caving into the woke crowd. June is, uh, and, and, you know, we're coming, it's, it's May 30th. We're coming up on Pride Month. And I'm already sick of it. And, you know, as far as the trans stuff goes, I, I'm going to keep saying this. I'm going to keep saying it through the month of June. How does it feel to be gay in America and you've lost your month to the trannies, man? Because that's pretty much what it's all about. It's all about the trannies and grooming kids, apparently. Coles uh, is, is celebrating Pride Month with uh, Pride-based clothing stuff, clothing lines, especially for kids. And, again, like we had at Target about a week ago, you got parents going into Kohl's and they're seeing these pride displays with the kids' stuff. And, you know, and before I get into the particulars, you know, don't we all sort of see what's going on here that basically corporate America, for whatever bizarre reasons, are terrified of being targeted by this, this old trans trip? Now, I don't know why. Trey was talking about the stock market and, you know, how their stocks perform and if their stocks perform at all. I, I, I don't know. A lot of that I don't really understand. I'm just a simple cave dweller. But it sure as hell seems to be a loser for whatever customer base you're, you're marketing this crap towards. And at Kohl's, apparently now they have little onesies. For three-month-olds, uh, six-month-olds, and nine-month-old kids. And apart from all the other crap they got with the pride flag and, and all that stuff, on these particular onesies, again, for kids as young as three months, uh, on the shirt there's a design with a lesbian couple and some kids, and one of the kids is in a wheelchair. Uh, and, you know, for three-month-old kids and other uh, articles of clothing for kids uh, are all about love is love and ask me what my freaking pronouns are, I added the freaking. People are understandably pissed off, and so there's probably a, a new boycott of Coles brewing. And if that happens, they only have themselves to blame because this is insipid three-month-old and you know what else and this is where, where i say that they're they're really just operating out of fear fear of the woke targeting uh of their of their business because can you get more obvious when it comes to your virtue signaling they've got a couple of lesbians with kids and a one of the kids is in a wheelchair how many boxes do you mark off, do you check off with this shirt, man, with this onesie for a three-month-old, okay? You got a couple of lesbians, so you got the lesbians uh, box, check, box checked, okay? Uh, they're obviously, uh, they got kids, so they've either had kids or adopted kids, so you check off the gay people adopting kids box. And then, hey, can you just hear the, the conversation, the brainstorming in the, in the boardroom here? Let's put one of the kids in a wheelchair. One of the lesbian kids should be in a wheelchair. Then they can't target us for being ableist. I mean, it's 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 so contrived at this point. It's obnoxious. It's beyond obnoxious. 
And and I guess that's what I get tired of most is this really is high-level virtue signaling, just like you see on, on social media that individual people that you know do, you know, just look how great I am, look at how sacrificial I am, look at all the great stuff that I do. I care about lesbians and kids in wheelchairs. And now it's gone corporate. And the fact is, the people at Kohl's don't give a crap about kids in wheelchairs who have adopted lesbian moms, okay? They just don't want to get targeted, or they want to put off this veneer that somehow they're evolved and woke. But obviously, there was a meeting somewhere of of folks within Kohl's who discussed how cool it would be to make sure one of the kids is in a freaking wheelchair. It, 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 it's bordering on sick at this point. And again, all of this, the, these, are, these are onesies for three-year-olds. Or I'm sorry, I, I'm sorry, I, I, I got the numbers wrong. These are onesies for three-month-old kids. Little baby wabies. We've got a, a good friend of ours here at the station who just uh, had a daughter, uh, brought a kid in the world. Sam, we love you, man. God bless you. Blessings to you. And you know what? If you've ever produced a child and brought a child into the world, you know what an what an amazing and magical time that is. I, I can honestly say you, I was doing talk radio when my child was born. When my daughter was born, uh, I had just started my talk radio, the talk radio chapter of my career in Delaware of all places. My kid came into the world, and I could tell you, uh, politics was the last damn thing I was thinking of looking at my kid as a newborn. Now, most people who are reasonable will look at this and go, that's sick, that's pandering, you're terrified of the trans community, you're terrified of woke activism, and that's why you, 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 you have somehow managed to convince yourself, and I mean collectively, at Kohl's, just like a Target, that onesies for three-month-olds that have a, you know, pretty blatant uh, pro-gay, whatever the hell it is, pro-lesbian and thing on the, that, that that obviously it's it's really not about lifting people up. It's not about embracing pride. It's not about people being you know not not being oppressed for who they are. It's about Cole's virtue signaling and letting us know how stinking woke they are. And again, we're talking about babies. Babies. If you put your kid in a onesie, all right, and your kid is three to six months old, and you got some political bullcrap on your kid's onesie, okay, mom, dad, you're the one with the problem, not the kid. Coles, you're the people with the problem, okay? <laughs> you are. Target, you got some issues. Anheuser-Busch, you're screwed up in the head. You know, I, I, this is, I'm so done with this crap. Uh, let's take a call here. Mark, how you doing, Mark? What's going on? Hey. Hey. Good morning, Sean. How are you? Pretty good, man. Uh, what are really you thinking? Totally, uh, I really enjoy your show. Thank you so oh, much. God, God uh, bless you. Uh, God bless you and your family, sir. Uh, uh, talking about, you know, the price of the donuts, uh, last <laughs> night, HEB, and we saw those eggs, you know, the one in the big carton. Oh, I God, yeah. Five, five dozen, remember the five dozen? Like yeah. Like seven months ago, 
we were paying like twenty two forty nine uh, for them. Okay, last night they were six fifty. Last night they were. Yeah, the eggs were six fifty. Wow. That big old box. Okay, what happened? Like, did we? What happened? Was it the fuel? You think it was like more chickens or <laughs> more eggs? More I think it was probably chicken? more chickens. I think we just got it. suddenly we had more chickens. Uh, when people weren't buying eggs, uh, chickens had didn't have a whole lot to do, so I guess they started having chicken date night. Now they came and, across uh, the border. Now we got more eggs. It came across the border. See how you are. <laughs> no, I've I've noticed that the egg prices have gone down a little. I have no, noticed some prices have gone down. I have noticed that. Still pretty high comparatively. And All the right. thing to remember about inflation and where we are as far as how much we're paying for stuff. Okay, the thing to remember is we don't have to be living this way at all. That uh, much of this has to do with the Biden administration interfering and uh, over-regulating uh, uh, business, a chain of supply stuff, uh, how do the eggs get to the freaking HEB and all that stuff, when you're bringing the hammer down on, uh, on, on uh, trucking companies and transport companies as far as their fuel and they have to pay more for fuel it all translates into higher prices for eggs you're right i have noticed things going down a smidge but dude what kind of acid dropping crazy person is going to pay 15 dollars for a dozen donuts that's insane (laughs) that's insane man well, yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. Well, enjoy the donuts that you're going to buy, Sean, because you right. deserve them. Thank you, brother. I appreciate that. I think I'll be getting me a bag of them little white powder donuts that you get at the Circle K right next to the beef jerky. 210-599-5555. San Antonio's News, Traffic, and Weather Station. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. And we're back 23 minutes after 10 on News Talk 550 KTSA, FM 1071. I'm Sean. Watched a movie over the weekend. Uh, I guess it's first run now. You know, the, the, the dealio where you could either see it in the movie theater or you can watch it, you know, pay the 19 bucks and get to watch it at home. And it was a movie that I really wanted to see. Uh, with one of my favorite actors, Russell Crowe, who I think is brilliant in just about everything he does. And also because it was about a person who, who was, an, uh, uh, was known as the Pope's exorcist. He was the official exorcist for the Vatican, Father Gabriel Amorte. Uh, wait, well, you got to say it with an Italian accent. So it's Amorte. And... You know, this it's it's called the Pope's Exorcist, uh, and it came out just a couple of weeks ago. Like I said, it still costs twenty bucks on on demand to watch, and we watched it uh, Saturday night. And I was really looking forward to seeing this because I'm a, I've read Father Amorte's books. He's he's got two very famous books. That he's most well known for uh, an Exorcist explains the demonic, and then an Exorcist tells his story. There's a third book that's like a book-length interview he did shortly before he passed uh, that is interesting. So anyway, I I know a lot about the guy, and I've read about the guy. And I went to see the movie, which was based on his life. Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe plays Father Amorte. Uh, And, you know, what I thought was probably going to be an issue with the movie is what turned out to be the issue with the movie. 
in that you you get Hollywood cannot force themselves to make a movie that involves the Catholic Church in any way, shape, or form unless the Catholic Church is somehow the villain of the movie. And this, I'm not, I'm not going to tell you exactly what the turnaround was or the twist of the movie was in case you still want to see it. It's not a very good movie. Russell Crowe is very good in a crappy movie, and I wish it had been a better movie for him to be in because he actually kind of portrayed, I've seen some interviews with the original guy, and he's actually captured his personality and his manner of speech very closely. He's Russell Crowe. He's a brilliant actor. But as you go through the movie, it's, it's you know, the, the Catholic Church is the big evil in the room, which is completely contrived. This movie was not in any way, shape, or form based on the actual life and writings of Father Gabriel Amorte. It was a completely made-up story. And it was really disappointing because, and Don Morgan, maybe you found this movie in James, where... If you just made a movie about the real guy, it would have been a great movie because he was a fascinating dude, Father Amorte. He really was a fat, kind of a character. Talked about how great his own books were a lot. They kind of put that in there. You know, oh, the books are very good. The books are very good. You should read yeah. them. But well, the story was completely with. made up. Well, well yeah. <laughs> he probably makes, even in death, a little bit more than I do yeah, maybe, on his books. Maybe. But you know what I mean? It's it, the, the religion always has to be the bad guy. Always has to be the bad guy. And it, it, it was, and plus, and, and just because I did read the books, they went completely against everything Amorte actually said about things like demonic possession. In that, you know, the, it was kind of like a ripoff of the movie itself was kind of a ripoff of The Exorcist because there's people with their eyes bleeding and heads spinning around and levitating and all that crap. And if you actually read about Father Amorte's experiences, he says you rarely see anything like that because the demonic do not, demons do not want to be discovered. They don't want you to know they're possessing somebody so people don't float, they don't throw up pea soup. Right. None of that actually takes place. It's very subtle and, and actually takes a long time. And uh, uh, you don't even go forward with an exorcism until you've exhausted everything else, including medicine, health care, you know, mental illness, all that stuff. But anyway, anyway, point is, once again, Catholic, the Catholic faith has to be the, the bad guy in the movie, which is, in this case, it was really disappointing because that has nothing to do with the life of the actual guy, the actual priest. So the movie sucks, so don't watch it. So if you were thinking about buying some $15 donuts uh, at, uh, at Walmart so you, could, <laughs> you and your fam could kick back and waste $19 on this crappy Russell Crowe movie, Uncle Sean is Reverend Sean is here to save you from that, okay? So the $15 donuts is a better investment. Actually, the donuts were still donuts, you know, as far as I could tell. They're just grotesquely right. overpriced. Right. But the if movie, you have to choose. If you had to choose between a $15 donut and a Rus- this Russell Crowe movie, go with the donut. Because yep. okay. the movie, not only did it kind of, was it really factually untrue, it was also boring as hell. It just wasn't very good. Well, that sucks. It does. I love Russell Crowe. He's he's magnificent, and he would have been good in a movie about the real guy. I saw a couple of his press junkets promoting that movie, and he sounded really 
Of course, it's a press junk, and sure. he's supposed to. But he sounded really excited about it because of the gentleman that you're speaking of. Well, I don't know and why they didn't story. portray him. I mean, like I said, he acted the part, but the movie itself had nothing to do with the actual guy. It was weird, man. Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. So big thumbs down on the Pope's Exorcist. It's Sean on News Talk five fifty KTSA. Anywhere, Anywhere, anytime, anytime. and it's just wherever you need it. You can just go online and get it. Get the Sean Ryman Show wherever you get your favorite podcasts. <laughs> News Talk 550 KTSA FM 1071. I'm Sean. I'm a mega hat wearing Nazi. And I'm here to just I'm just brainwashing you left and right on. I'm just here to brainwash you with my systemic racism. Actually, I want to talk about Van Halen for a second. Um I well a couple of things. Let's do some celebrity news. In between in between me attempting to brainwash you with my mega hat philosophy. Um, first off, I saw an article here with, uh, uh, Sammy Hagar. I, I don't know if he's got a new book coming out or whatever, whatever, what it is, but he's being interviewed. Is he 75 years of age? Is he really that old at this point? And, uh, he, he's talking about, and he, he I, no, he's opening up a new Cabo Wabo thing or whatever. Or, you know, he's going to make a kajillion dollars off some a new bar tequila or something. One thing you can say about Sammy Hagar is that dude knows how to make money, man. That dude is filthy, stinking rich, man. And good on him. I'm not begrudging him that. That's you know, I I, I respect people who can make money. <laughs> so you know, he's doing well. But they they in this interview, they're talking to him about Van Halen and those years and stuff. And you know, uh, he, apparently he is he's. He and Eddie had had some issues that are now infamous, but before Eddie Van Halen passed, I guess they had patched that stuff up. He's still friends with the other two guys. Uh, but in the interview, he starts talking about David Lee Roth. And he says, he, you know, he'll never, I guess he and David Lee Roth still hate each other's guts. And uh, so he uh, he says, no, he says, David is a strange person for me. We're oil and water. We just don't gel. He says, I've tried. I thought it would be really cool if him and I were friends. It would be really cool if him and I went out with a great band and did all those great Van, Hal- Van Halen songs together. But he's just not user friendly. Speaking of David Lee Roth. Says he thinks he's kind of past his prime of being able to do that stuff. Blah, blah, blah. So anyway, I don't think he cares enough about his voice. Other than that, I would be happy to be friends with him, but I don't think that's ever going to happen. I know that. I know that's going to really, that's breaking some of your hearts. Didn't people just sort of track into either, you were either a Van Halen guy with David Lee Roth, or you were Sammy Hagar, Van Halen, right. and never the twain shall meet. Yeah. Because like, I didn't like Sammy Hagar. I didn't like the Sammy Hagar stuff. For me, it wasn't Sammy Hagar. It was the the music and the sound they had with Sammy. I didn't dig as much as the music and sound I, they had with David. I thought it was real pedestrian. I thought it sounded like every other freaking heavy metal band at that time. It just, you know what I mean? I don't know. I, I don't. I think perhaps that every band just caught up to them. 
Uh, Maybe that, well, yeah, you know, because they were the very way, innovative. That's they, the way I look at it. They because, kind of invented that sound. Yeah, because, you know, until 1978, guitar players sounded like guitar players. <laughs> this guy comes along and he's playing a machine gun for crying out loud. <laughs> right. Know, and everybody kind of caught up to him at that point. So when you get to the late 80s, to me it all was sounding the same. I yeah, couldn't tell was... Van Halen from Warrant from yeah. any of them. Right. Bon Jovi. Musically, I and mean, I was just never a fan of same. I and, and I'll be honest with the, the Van Halen I grew up with that I went to high school with was the Van, was the uh, David Lee Roth Van Halen. All those great tunes, Jump, Panama. Give me the Diver Down album. Diver Down's a great album. I mean, you know, I, I just love David Lee Roth is kind of like Trump. Okay, he's nuts, <laughs> and we know he's nuts, right? But he's good nuts, and I, I just I. David Lee Roth didn't start to wander off the res until they started doing all that jazzy, show-busy crap, you know, like L.A. went, you know, was it, uh, California Girls. and no ah, David Lee Roth. <laughs> you know, and he got chicks with their boobs hanging out all over him. Not right. that I have anything against chicks with their boobs out. I'm just saying that became the whole David Lee Roth thing. Mm-hmm. You know, musically, it kind of they started to suck at that point. But in their heyday, I loved David Lee Roth. Yeah, me too. Those are great songs. Yeah, I thought his I thought his lyrics that he wrote the lyrics are great. I thought they were just so clever. Very, yeah, you know, very bebop and poetic in their own way. They were. I mean, jumps. If you look at the words of Jump, yeah. Jump's actually a very poetic song lyrically. Right. Yeah, and I just you know for me, Hagar is always going to be the guy that can't drive fifty five. I mean, that's just all I remember. That's all I think. Hagar's the stepdad. Let's just be honest. Let's just he's the red. He is the red. Yeah. Can he be a redheaded stepdad? He's the is red that- rocker. <laughs> but you know, David Lee Roth. Yeah, he and if you see him now, he's really nuts. Yeah, have you seen David Lee Roth lately? This is my imitation of David Lee Roth right now. <laughs> like, like he, he can't shut his mouth. Every picture of David Lee Roth right now, he's got that mouth. That, ah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's always been a little off. off but that's what worked for him, though. Yeah. I think so. Because he was a little nuts. No, that's... But that's what made him so good at what he did. Yes. You and know, I was talking to somebody about this not long ago, about great front men for rock and roll. Yeah. And he was definitely in my top ten. Oh, yeah. You know, in the no back problem. of the day? But yeah. his, his behavior is what rubbed Eddie wrong the whole time. Yeah. Because it, it was taking time or taking the spotlight off, I guess, the musicality of it. Yeah, I think Eddie Eddie was a serious musician. Right. Yes. You know, and, and Dave's a goof. He you is. I mean? <laughs> Admittedly so, yeah. he's a goof. Right. I, I read a story it's... a couple of years ago where he's in Vegas at some hotel. And he's just he, like he hears them playing. His- he, he heard them playing. Some dude, some fret, some dudes were partying in a yeah. room. I think they were like frat guys or yeah, something. And he went up and, and he knocked on the knocked door. The door. Hey man, I'm hey, there. Wow, that's me, man. Ah, and uh, they had no idea who he was. No, that's right. They didn't know who he was. It's a crazy the old man. Little at the little buggers, they didn't know. They were too young to know. They're talking to David freaking Lee Roth. An icon of rock and an roll. Icon. And Whether it's... you think he's nuts, he's still iconic. He's David Lee, assless pants. I mean, he's right. David Lee Roth. High yeah. kicks. Right. And he's knocking on And they had no idea who he was, man. Because if that had been any of us, if we'd have been in Vegas having a party in our hotel suite, David R- Lee Roth knocks on the oh, door. Oh, man. You know what we're going to do? We're going to invite him in Hell and yeah. see what happens. Yes. <laughs> How cool would that be? And they right? didn't even know, Come man. On. 
call the backdoor concierge and get some stuff up there. I would. Parties. Yeah, we need go. some cocaine and booze really fast. Right. And some chicks. You know, I'm just saying. I'll openly admit, the first year I was in radio, I tried to be David Lee Roth. <laughs> <laughs> Did you? I, I haven't recovered. <laughs> I did not expect that coming out of your mouth. That was awesome. 38 years later, I'm still trying to recover from some of it. <laughs> I bet you are. <laughs> I wanted to be Jim Morrison when I was that age, so I was the guy walking around brooding and oh, drinking, drinking and brooding, brooding and drinking yeah. in my 20s. That I kind of expected from you. No, no brooding and drinking. Here. So anyway, I, I know it was keeping you all up late at night wondering if Sammy Hagar could ever mend the riff with David Lee Roth, but apparently not, no. because according to Sammy Hagar, David Lee Roth is not user friendly. Right, but don't so you think there. it gets to a point where you got these two guys in their mid seventies? <laughs> you know, that's so weird just to hear that. A couple of old men, They're just a couple you, of crotchety old dudes. You know, get over it. Come I'm on. getting a jump on that crotchety old man thing. Well, you've been a crotchety old man since I met you. It's because I've been working on it. I'm focused. <laughs> get off my lawn. <laughs> We'll take a break. It's Sean on News Talk 550 KTSA. And we're back. News Talk 550 KTSA FM 1071. I'm Sean. Hi. Final few moments of the show. So if there's anything that I've discussed or if I've disgusted you, uh, call us up and uh, let me know what you're thinking, whether it's about the debt ceiling nonsense, which is a farce. You know, let's face it. We're, 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 they're, they're, the, the, the federal government okay, could not survive in the private sector. If the, if the federal government, government were a single employee trying to make their way in the free market system, they wouldn't last a week, okay? They're going against Dave Ramsey 101 and attempting to borrow their way out of debt. Doesn't make any sense. They're trying to make us feel good that they're, I guess, freezing additional spending at 2023 levels or something like that. It's pretty dense stuff, but really they're just inventing money that doesn't really exist so they can borrow more money that doesn't really exist so they can fund programs that don't really exist and don't solve any problems so that they can personally enrich themselves somehow around the corner and uh, fund their little pet projects that gets their narcissistic asses uh, reelected. So that's really what's... And, the, and your great, great, great grandchildren will remain in debt forever, and eventually this country is just going to collapse. Happy day. You know, I'm glad you're feeling good. So if you have any thoughts on that, I'll talk to you about Ken Paxton. He's very obviously a pain in the ass, so they got to get rid of him. Uh, with all these pesky lawsuits about the border and whatnot. Uh, so any thoughts on that, you want to give us a call and react. That's cool. 210-599-5555. Very briefly, uh, Jewel did the, the, the national anthem at the Indy 500, right? People hated it because she switched up the music or made it more countrified. I thought it sounded great. I didn't know what the controversy was about. I kept seeing stories about it. Like, did she put some commie crap in the lyrics? And no, she just sang it, sang it, I guess, to a slightly different tune. Uh, which, you know, I thought was great. I saw the video. I thought it was cool. I don't, you know, sorry it didn't it upset people. The only other thing I got to mention, we talk about college and where America is collegiately right now with a lot of the indoctrination, a lot of the anti-conservative, anti-Christian stuff that goes down on our college campuses. I just, I had a moment this, this weekend with my now college-degreed daughter, 
uh, now as a BA, and uh, you know, I I I was reminded of why I think it's very very cool. My kids got a four year degree in just a general conversation about something that I can't even remember now. My daughter dropped the word zeitgeist, and at that moment, I was like, "I'm so glad you went to college." I mean, zeitgeist. Did you one a, of my favorite words. Did you shed a tear? Did a little, I did, a I, because I down. love the word zeitgeist. If you sprinkle the word zeitgeist, it's like genre, niche. A little bit of Latin, people think you're really educated. My kid used the word zeitgeist in a sentence. And a, the zeit, a zeitgeist is something, uh, I guess you would say, it's defining, it defines a, a moment in history or an era or a generation. Right, so one would say that the zeitgeist of the '60s was rebellion. The zeitgeist of the '80s, my generation was. I'm so pissed off and depressed. You know what I mean? Zeitgeist, and and I forget what we were talking about. But my daughter and I was so proud because she said something to the effect of, "Well, I don't think it's gonna. It's still gonna be a, a zeitgeist of our generation." But blah blah, blah blah blah. And I can't remember what she was talking about. But damn it. My kid used the word zeitgeist completely unsolicited, and I thought that was cool. Her and the boyfriend are actually quite intellectual. They're very intellectual people, artsy-fartsy, and they zeitgeist back and forth, and it was used, it was a proud papa moment. You just used that word incorrectly. I did, okay. completely incorrectly, on purpose, <laughs> to be a jerk. I'm just saying... Hearing my kid use the word zeitgeist just really, it did. It brought a tear to my eye. I was like, you know what, kid? You're going to be okay. You're going to be just fine. Yeah, don't worry about the Shinola. You'll be all right. You got it, man. Here's Tom. Tom, how are you? Well, I I have no idea how to use that word, and I've got an advanced degree. <laughs> well, you know, what you know, what did you get your degree in? Oh, I have a bachelor's and a law degree. Oh, okay. Well, zeitgeist, the, the usage of the word zeitgeist doesn't tend to raise your lawyer fees. So, you know, it's you, you, need, good, you need good words that uh, that bump up that fee a little bit, <laughs> that retainer. But I, I'm That's just kidding true. with you. So what, what, so what are you thinking, man? What's on your brain? Well, luckily I'm retired. But anyway, uh, <laughs> what I called about was Ken Paxton. Mm. Uh, you know, I read through the 20 allegations and... Oh, his zeitgeist just burned out. Are you there, dude? Oh, your signal's busting up on me. Oh, there you go. I got you. I got you. Go ahead. You got to say that again. And, it gets, and if it turns out to be true, and we'll find out with the evidence before the Senate, man, the guy needs to be removed from office and will probably end up in prison. Well, we'll see. I mean, I, I what I, uh, go ahead. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to me how pro-Trump he is or anything like that. Ethics should still matter. Uh, right. I, you're breaking up. I got to drop the lines because you're breaking up. I'm running out of time. I'm not disagreeing with you. And I've been saying all day. I'm not saying he's guilty or innocent. But as a commentator and somebody who observes media on a daily basis, what I found interesting about the reporting of the impeachment of Ken Paxton is that while they did mention the allegations, very few stories provided anything in regards to evidence. I'm not saying it doesn't exist. 
I'm not saying the guy's innocent. I'm just saying the reporting is interesting in that it focuses on the MAGA hats being worn by the pro the, the folks who were protesting this, supporters of Ken Paxton. And uh, in the reportage, reportage, there's really not there's not a lot of discussion, no matter what story you're looking at, of the evidence for this. So, look, if the allegations are true, it's obstruction of justice, abuse of power, abuse of his office. And if you could show me that he's really guilty of that stuff, I'd be the first one saying, yeah, okay, the guy's got to go. But we also have a government, whether it's state or, you know, whatever state you're talking in or talking about, or federal government that is routinely targeting people because they're unpleasant or because of their politics. And you, you can't really deny that factor may have something to play in this. We'll see. That's it for me. I'm going to get out of here and take my zeitgeist home. I'm going to go home and dry off my zeitgeist. Thank you, James. Thanks to Elaine Rodriguez, our executive producer. Don Morgan and my good brother, Trey Ware. Spread the love. Don't be a jerk. Bye. Boozy, boozy, bop. Titty, bop. Ah. <laughs>